previously on Due South by Southeast. Penny was getting lucky, Ray was getting let down, and Deef was shot. Now, part two of Victoria's Secret. I wish this podcast would carry me away but while talking to Squeaky, Kevin Shelkin, a word in Edgeways, record over a bottle of rum on the dock of Southampton Bay. That is what we're talking about. Saddle up my microphone, give deep in the baker a bone. By Southeast. Welcome to another edition of Jew South by Southeast, the show that gives Jew Southeast Jews one episode at a time. The fun's out, the runs out, rums out. The runs? The uh, <laughs> vocal skills are out. Isn't that after Christmas? I am. Squee! And with me, as always, is Dottie Baker. And joining me, as ever, are my two hapless detective sidekicks. She is Mountie Michelle, Woo! and she is civilian aide Nicola. Who's she? Cat's mother. Hello. How's a cat? Yeah. So <laughs> this week we're delving into part two of Victoria's Secret. Now we are very sorry. Like last week, we had Victoria's Secret part one, but prior to that, there was a very very long break. I've been quite busy with the audio play, which we do every year for my other. Uh, Podcast Juice uh, Juice South. Now that's this one, Juice South by Southeast. Gallifrey stands, and that's going to be available from Christmas Eve on the feed for there. So it's a full cast audio drama done for charity. Speaking of charity, we also previously did a live episode for Squeefest, which is a live podcast for charity. That's going to be coming out sometime in the new year. Basically, we ran out of time. We wanted to do Victoria's Secret back to back. So the mini mounting numbers are going to be slightly out of order because we're just wacky like that. So we're going to save that one till later and do this. We're going to do the Christmas episode, which is going to be the last episode of the series. And the Squeefest episode was best in show up to and not including the last two episodes of Due South Series 1 because that's how we roll. Yeah. It's going to be played at the end of the series. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why either. <laughs> Just the way we do it. No, it's because it's we're doing live episodes, so we couldn't really watch an episode before. Unfortunately, it fell just two episodes before the end of the series, so we did it that way. So we talk about our favourites of the series, not including this episode and the next one. But enough of this uh, orders of business. Let's get to the serious orders of business of the show. First of all, how's everyone's week been? We never do this anymore. How's everyone do. been? You've been uh, all right. Yeah, not bad. Pretty busy. A lot of working. Uh, but just gearing up for Christmas now. Last minute Christmas. What do you mean shopping. the the Juice South Christmas episode? Yeah. Yeah, that too. But yeah. you know, got to get some presents in. Well, I don't think there's anything else apart from that in the world. <laughs> oh, there is stuff. There, there's a lot. There's a lot of Christmas stuff. I haven't even had that much rum yet. 
No. That's not a good start, is it? Nicola, you been all right? Yeah, I've been good, thank you. Yeah, I was out last night with some friends of mine from a previous job. Uh, yeah. We had a nice meal out and good fun. I was in the floor. Okay. And could you lean to the microphone when you talk? Yeah, well, it's very high up, you see. Well, I adjusted it, but someone moved it then afterwards. I have to bring it. Can I bring it down very slightly? Can she do this without toppling the mic? Oh, this is a tense moment on Due oh, South by know. Southeast. Does that sound like Yay! Better? You're see? just. A... Yay! Look at me go. Yeah, talking to the microphone, it does sound better. Weird. Ah, who would know? Apparently not you. Anyway, we're now going to uh, do the usual orders business up top of the show. So, first of all, Michelle, what rum we drinking? Oh, we got whole... Oh, I oh, can't speak. <laughs> Old Hopkins. Can't speak. I can't speak. I'm changing my accent. Pat, well. Pat. That might help. <laughs> Some light extenders, isn't it? <laughs> Old Hopkins dark rum. So, we've had this one before. Yeah, this is a favourite for yeah. the podcast. And it's a good one. We like this one. It's such it's an easy good. drinking one. It's a tenner from uh, Aldi, if you're here in the UK. Well worth a shout. And they've also at the moment got their Christmas uh, special in the Hop King range, which we had the other week, Ooh. which is uh, Old Sea Dog, is it? Well, I think it's Sea Dog. Uh, sea Dog. Bottle somewhere about. We've well, got the bottle somewhere, yeah. Anyway, it's very nice. So we, we highly recommend that. And that's only about... Three or four quid more? Oh, about fourteen pound, I think. Yeah, it's really, so, really nice. Yeah, very similar to ones down there. That's very similar to ones we've down there. Before. I'm pointing down no, there. No, I know, but I'm looking. Do you know why I'm looking up there? Because I'm, I'm looking. Because Look I was up. about yeah. to say, if you let me. Think. You're right. Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, it, Michelle. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. No, you, you want to talk? I didn't mean to interrupt. Please go on, Nick. Although please. I do agree that interrupting is okay sometimes. Well, I think it's rude myself, uh, and I would never do it to you, <laughs> Nicola. There's nothing worse than when you want to speak and someone's just doing a run-on sentence. He won't let you get a word in edgeways. It's quite a male thing to do as well. I think it's rude. And just when you think they're finished, they keep going, and they just won't stop. It's like they're ignorant to the fact that they're talking over you when you want to talk. Excuse me. And <laughs> on, Nicola. But if you're aware that that's an issue and you have that issue... You should change it, Ian. Oops. Cut. No, who are you? I'm confused who you are. Detective Squeeds. Squeeds. I am confused who you are. We're doing really well. Oh. It's very simple. Okay, yeah, my, my, my name outside of podcasting is Ian. On Gallifrey Stands, it's Dr. Squee. On Due South by Southeast, it's Detective Squee. Or Detective Squee. And on Retrek, our new podcast, which we should give a shout out to, yep. whoop, whoop, it is uh, Captain Squee. Yeah. See, I'm getting very confused. See, it's all Squee, just different ranks. Just like, who are you today? Are you? I'm just different. I'm like Mr. Ben, which is a oh, cartoon here in the UK back in yeah when we were kids. And uh, this guy would go in his, he had a nice suit and a top hat. He looked a bit like uh, the flower guy, the guy from the flower pot, flower. And the flower uh, bags. Okay. Anyway, he had a top hat and a nice suit, and he'd go into the shop, and the shopkeeper would pop out, and uh, it was a fancy dress shop, and he'd change into a different outfit and have an adventure. So if he was in a diving gear, he'd go up diving. But the shopkeeper was like a mysterious man because he just appeared from nowhere. And it was like, the shopkeeper. And all of a sudden, the, the shopkeeper, shopkeeper appeared. appeared. <laughs> he was like, ping! And then he'd go off and it was really cool. And some people say we spend too long not talking about Juice Down. I don't know. Actually, uh, do they? No, no one said that. I was going to say. I don't think anyone cares that much. Are they mad? (laughs) Um, What I was going to say about sort of 
two hours ago. Sorry. See, I try and give you a silent cue, like, you know, as in stop tapping. Your little hand gesture. And then you go, oh, yeah, sorry, I'll stop that now. Like, the, the whole reason me doing the hand gesture is so it doesn't come on the microphone. It's so only funny when you guys are going to the toilet and I announce it. But when I get told off, I'm not allowed to announce it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. What I was going to say, and what I was looking up there, is I was going to say that Sea Dog Rum is very much similar, I think, to things like Dead Ben's Fingers and Rumbalion. And they're actually great. They're fantastic. But they're probably more on the more expensive side. Oh, way more on the mm. more expensive exactly. side. Exactly. I'd say Rumbalion is of a particular texture and everything yeah, that, that yeah. kind of... Deserves a lot of a high price point. Actually, maybe but old bad fingers then. But flavor for flavor. Yeah. Sea dog for the money. Yeah. If oh, you're yeah. looking for something more budgety, that's just as good as some of the more quality. More budgety. Budgety, I like that. Budgety. Then that's that's a good one to go with. Please add budgety to <laughs> your Nicola word of the day it calendar. It doesn't look like a cheap bottle either. You know, sometimes you bottles of rum do look a bit cheaper when you look at them. You think, yeah, that's a cheap one. This, this actually looks like it could be an expensive rum. Yeah, but it isn't, which is beauty. <laughs> oh, well, an hour later we got there. Yay. That's uh, about normal. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's what rum we're drinking now. We've got, of course... And we have to thank Mr. Matt Lees for the music and Blaine Garrison, the artist formerly known as Johnny White Trash, who may just pop up during the Christmas special. I do. Um, but yeah, he's now called Blaine. So there's that. He's going to change his name to a symbol soon. And <laughs> that'll be it. Yeah. How are we going to introduce him if he becomes a symbol? There's no one better see what we're doing. You and now we're speaking to... Please look on our uh, our Instagram, <laughs> Instagram to see who we're talking to. Anyway, yeah, so uh, Mini Manti Club. Mm. Now, uh, I believe we've got a very special one. We we were to have a guest for Christmas who can't make it now. Uh, well, we, I mean, like, you know, just a little peer behind the curtain. We were recording a Christmas episode after this, so unfortunately she had to cancel. And uh, her doggy, I believe, she would want put it. What? Why are you shaking your head? That's fine. Her doggy, we're going to believe that she wants put it in. She, she'd want her. Actually, she'd sure, want we'll her put doggy. her cat in as well. Yeah, sure. So uh, it is our friend Lucy Caton, which is Mini Mounty number. Oh, you're going to spring that on me now. I've got to have a look. Uh, I think it's on the first page, actually. So we've got pages and pages worth of uh, Mini Mounties now. So we've got so many. Yeah, she's 27 on our list. So she's Mini Mounty number 27. And uh, now at number. 75. Number 70, number 75, no, number 73 that was. Anyway, number 75, we've got uh, Joffrey Caton, which is her doggy. Oh, I've just written cat. That's dog, dog. All right. Caton, not cat. No, we were going for a cat, her cat as well. Oh, well, yeah, but we're doing the dog first. What? All right, what was the dog's name? I'm getting all confused now. Joffrey. Joffrey. Caton. Joffrey, okay. Caton. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. and her cat then, if you like yes. to. Yes, Ruby. And, and Ruby's number seventy-six. And we have to congratulate Ruby because she's actually um, lost a lot of weight recently. 
She on like Kitty Weight Watchers? Yeah, I believe she was on Kitty Weight Watchers and she's looking very awesome. Good for you, Ruby. Yeah. Is she on Slamming Pearled? <laughs> Pearled. Yeah. Slamming Pearled. Sadly, we did get it. Slamming Pearled. Yeah. Like if it was funny, world, we would have laughed. Slamming Pearled. Alright, take the hint. But. He's not going to. So anyway, uh, we're also going to induct, <laughs> I've decided, and I'll check with them later, to actually send a message, and we'll maybe have a live one. <laughs> Nicola, I'm busy talking the microphone, because God knows if I hand over to you, you'll go, um, oh, um, oh, I don't know what to say now, or just be quiet on the microphone. that, that motion of... of um, almost, he was short for away from clicking his fingers. I was that. waving, <laughs> I was waving my phone in your direction. Yeah, it was click, click, do it now. Well, you're still not doing it though, which I'm is the main right. thing. At least you're aware of that. <laughs> Nicola, darling, I feel like we need another episode of the Better Half um, podcast yeah. <laughs> here. You know, to... airing on. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, Better Half, which was our special phone-in thing, which we did for uh, Squeefest. We'll put up at some point as a bonus episode for due south by southeast. Some sometime when we haven't got a, an episode bank, we'll just put it up. Yeah. Uh, but that one is a little bit rude. But we spoke to some uh, some people about relationship advice. But yeah, so um, Nicola, darling, if it isn't too much bother and and you're not too busy, if, if that's okay, if it's all right. If I may talk to you this way, would you mind messaging our co-host from Retrek? I mean. You're okay to do so. Just ask them if they'd like to be Mooney Mounties. I would, but I have one responsibility about. I, I'm pleased, my dear. I, I, I don't want to do anything to make you feel uncomfortable. You've been a host on the show since day one. Yeah. And I think you probably know who's on our list already, being the host and being yeah. intelligent. You'd realise that they're number 73 and 74 on our list. Well, all I'm going to say is, I'm glad you passed the test. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> Ask if they've got any pets. <laughs> but in keeping with our pet theme here, I have an animal to add. Oh, and I've got some to add then, actually. Yeah, go on. Charlie says... That was a really bad accent. Uh, Charlie, Charlie the cat. This is my sister-in-law's cat, Charlie. Oh, put Charlie yeah. on. Number 77, Charlie, because I know you're listening. Oh, we're so close. You know what? Can we slightly cheat the numbers here? <laughs> no. Can you write in... Three num three numbers right. ahead. Just write the numbers in the margin. Yeah. And then number eighty. So we're gonna we will fill in seventy eight and seventy nine later. But number eighty for my mother's eightieth yes. birthday. Oh, what a lovely idea. We're gonna put Kate Shaw. Oh, it'd be like meeting the Queen. That is to be a number eighty on the list. Yeah. So uh, so Mumsy. Yes, yeah, she's turning eighty. I just had my fortieth birthday. As she likes to put it, I was her fortieth birthday present. <laughs> So yeah, so that's Mum. Happy birthday, Mum. This Happy episode birthday. of Due South by Southeast, which you'll never listen to, is dedicated <laughs> to you. Are you raising the roof there? Yeah, I've got a question actually. Go on. I just sort of turned some conditions on this. They do apply. I do, yeah, because you're not a mini Mountie, are you? No, because we're... And you're not a mini Mountie. No, we're the hosts. But I'm also a host, and I'm a mini Mountie. Oh. Yeah, but the difference is, you want, and you didn't become a mini Mountie. When you were a host, you were put on Mini Mountie Club. That was your foray into the world of Due South by Southeast. And then you were promoted. I mean, 
It's quite an honour. The only person ever to be promoted from Mini Mountie to member of the club. It's like if you had a blue Peter badge and then you got invited to be a host. And I believe their hosts do have mini, do have badges. And maybe, who knows, maybe final episode. That's what we'll do. We'll give ourselves, we'll add ourselves in the last numbers of Mini yeah, Mountie Club. We're going to be 99 Well, no, no. I said last episode. We're going to get a little 100 way before that. Look, we're only through Series 1 and we're up to 80. Yeah, that's pretty We're going to get to 100 a lot before that. I said 100 was the minimum. Okay, all right. We're going to keep going with this. And one day, if you come in and come in like I would, and you can choose and make tea and stuff like that. You and you don't want to know what else. Right, one day, become a host. Like I did. Yeah. You've got to work very hard. We are very demanding. And we're just waiting for you to start working very hard. <laughs> anyway, talk to someone. I did say make noises with the microphone stand. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the best cafe ever. Remember this? <laughs> so now, let's, let's, shall we talk about some G South while we're here? Go on then. We're, oh God, we've only gone 17 minutes in without talking about G South. We can do better. Well, did you want to start yeah. off by speaking about the lovely Catherine Gruyere? Uh, how we are on her priority list. Well, yeah, let's just jump to the punchline and then tell the story, because that's the way you tell a good anecdote, I find. I messaged Catherine Bruyere about a better half, because when we were doing that, I thought it would be fun to see if we can get her to record a question as Elaine. Now, I'd left it a little bit late, and I knew it was on the off chance, so I just messaged her going, look, don't worry if you don't see this in time, but if you do... Would you mind recording a little message for this better half thing we're doing as Elaine, kind of asking for advice about falling in love with a co-worker? Now, most of the messages we got recorded, I didn't know what the questions were. In fact, I asked people not to tell me to record them and we'd play them live on the episode. That was going to be the one, well, two, the second one, which I knew. Because what was the other one which I knew? Oh, I have no idea. No idea. I mean, someone's husband might have. Yeah, might somebody's just husband. Left a message. About a boyfriend. He won't, will he? <laughs> I questioned him at your party, and no, he was adamant it was not him. I mean, who knows? I mean, his boyfriend was with him at the party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and his boyfriend said it wasn't him either, so, I mean, I think that's proof. I just thought they had a dance, and, you know, and they even went, I think they left you there, didn't they? Yeah, and if you're confused by that and didn't listen <laughs> to Better Half, then you can catch up with that later when we release it into the community on this podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, Catherine got back to me just after Squeefest and said, oh, look, I'm really sorry I didn't, didn't see this in time. I'll tell you what, I'm going to add you to my priority email so I catch anything like this that you send me in the future. We are priority emails for Catherine Bruyere. She's so lovely. Yeah, Elaine herself, yeah. I'd, I mean, I, I did genuinely feel, not only is that a wonderfully nice thing of her to do, but when you're watching these TV shows, you don't imagine ever getting to interact with them at all and with the people involved. When someone does something nice like that, it's like when we went to uh, CovCon up in Coventry and Nicola was very happy to dance with Ross Mullen yes. to share. He was in uh, Game of Thrones as the White Walker and he's been loads of months. He's a creature performer. He has been in Doctor Who. Never the Bear from Bear Behaving Badly. Lovely guy. And previous Shark guest of Juice South. Shark <laughs> Previous guest of Juice South by Southeast. Probably what he's best known for. So, uh, 
yeah, it's just wonderful to have these little moments. I and think I actually come running up to you, didn't I? And go, I just died for the White Walker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? The thing is, and I, I know it sounds corny, but I genuinely mean it. What I like is that I honestly feel like I'm representing the fans when I do that. The fans of these shows, you know, the fact we get these opportunities is wonderful. But I like to bring it back to the show, you know, because this is the reason why we get these opportunities is because we do the show. So, so I just want to thank you guys who listen, because um, yeah, that's why we get these opportunities, awesome. and hopefully we give you something back through these shows and through the interviews. So thank you. We love you guys. Yeah. Michelle, don't love them. Okay. Okay, okay Michelle. Stony like Me and Nicola love you anyway. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. I already said. Detective Spoon. So, uh, as, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Points and minuses for both of you. <laughs> Mostly minuses. Anyway, uh, the good thing is we we so we've given a little tease at the beginning of this episode. This is part two of Victoria's Secret, yeah. the long-awaited episode. Yeah, I was so excited about watching this, and now I'm just angry. Now I've watched it. <laughs> I I love it, and there is something to this that. I think this is the kind of episode you can only get if you've earned it. So they spent all the series establishing who these characters are. We've often commented on the fact that like in every episode there's always a scene which says who each character is. It's always really pointed out. It's really, you know who these guys are. There is that kind of comfort food of uh, a weekly ep- episodic show like this. It's like these cop shows who, which you can watch any episode of. You know exactly who the characters are. Each of them have similar scenes each week that they're involved. Like there is a kind of formula to it. And when they break it, it's fine because they've kind of established that through that. This show does it particularly well. does it with a great humour a lot of the time. So now when you get to this episode and you have a really serious episode, one which tests your characters and shows sides to them they don't usually have. It's like in Star Trek where you get Spock and he has an emotional moment. So many writers are too tempted, I think, to pay that off too quickly and, you know, have have those little comedic moments or that moment where he has some emotion, emotional reaction due to something too often. If you do that, it ruins it. It's got to be really sparing one per series at most. And this is kind of the equivalent of that. Like, yeah. all these people have these comedic moments. There's all this usual formula. And here, it was, most of this episode was deadly serious, really. Mm. Yeah, for everybody. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, <that> guys. <laughs> I know our input is invaluable, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It didn't really go, which is good, because I, I really do love things when they sort of throw me off. I think I know where it's going, and I think I know what's going to happen at the end, but actually, it, what I sort of planned out in my head was going to happen didn't. Mm. So, I think that's always a good shout when it goes, you know. Well, IMDb describes it thus: Victoria's Secret Part Two. Events with Victoria. Events with Victoria begin to spiral out of control for Fraser and Ray, putting their careers and possibly their lives on mm. the line. By anonymous. Well, anonymous, you did quite well. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we don't get the best uh, descriptions from there. And what I love about this is it's written by Paul Haggis, and. Uh, or, um, David, David Shaw. Shaw. So David Shaw, the one who went on to write House and be the producer of that show. Paul Haggis, who not only was the 
guy at the helm of G South, but he also went on to do uh, James Bond. He did Casino Royale, among many other fantastic films. Yeah, he did. He was the uh, director, writer. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you phoned me because when you were saying that, I thought yeah, you actually were saying you had a part in it. No, he's a writer or director. Yeah, I, know that film very I, well. I, I believe he was. I think it was director. Maybe he wrote it. But anyway, uh, yeah, he was involved in that. And he's gone on to do so many wonderful things. And I feel like this is bringing all those skills to bay. You know, it's, I, I think Due South doesn't get remembered enough for the talent it kind of shaped, which went on to do so many other things. And how wonderful they were in this. Mm. Just, it's great. And, and this episode is such a wonderful example. And the fact that two parts of the first part did have loads of fun moments, even though it had a kind of ramping up plot in it. You had your comedy in there. You had your kind of dramatic moments. You had a bit of everything. And this one is just really kind of quite earnest through most of it. It's still, it's more the other way around. It's mostly earnest and dramatic with a few, very few yeah. well-chosen comedy moments just at the right time. Yeah. Well, I think I'm kind of holding back because... Um Probably because I've got comments to make along the way about um, kind of serious, serious bits. So, yeah. Cool. Well, do you but, want well, to get to our first Yeah, note? well, we'll start off. One of the things I noted down at first was the fact that you have a really long recap at the beginning, right. which yeah. is very oh, yeah. unusual um, for Due South. But um, I think it kind of helped because it had been a while between us watching the first one and the second one. But I think even, even if it hadn't been very long, I think it was still good to get that recap because it's so important that you know what happened, I think, in the first one. It was, but we were kind of joking. It's like, and uh, what's the episode going to be? Yeah, we caught her. And she had a bag which said evidence. <laughs> Done! Because you know, that's about all the time it felt it was, they were going to have left yeah, after, after the that recap. long recap. <laughs> I mean, it was it was overly long. It was. It was very long. But, well, maybe it's because, like I said, it's been a long time in between watching that it was actually really useful to have that recap. It was. I just think you could still say as much with half the amount of clips. Yeah, okay. Possibly. Um, but the second thing I noted down, uh, you wanted me to note down the crime scene. So obviously at the end of the first episode, Victoria got into the car with a bad... I've forgotten his name now. And she shoots him. Yeah. And that's the last thing we see, I think, wasn't it? She shoots him, then that was the end of the first episode. Um, I just love a good crime scene. <laughs> I, sl- I like it. It's just like... You occasionally get them visiting the crime scene. And there's a little throwaway moment at the crime scene, basically, in due south. Mm. They really seem forensic. We re- we got to see them dusting everything. We got them to see them really doing some police procedural work. Mm. And just kind of grounded this episode. And it was just such a good way of saying, like, this one isn't going to be your usual due south. No. This isn't going to be so lighthearted. This, you're going to... There was no out. Huey and Louie doing something silly at the crime yeah, scene. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> What am I meant to do with this? Well, wear some gloves before you grab us. What you meant to do? What, what, what? No, 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 they're not silly. Like <laughs> they you know what I mean. There is usually there is usually a moment, like you say, where there's a bit of comedic bit of comedy from them. Yeah. Uh, usually when they're trying to be very serious, which is very mm. nicely done and very well acted. Yeah, I joke about that, but it's, there was none of that. No. What I was sorry. What I was going to say, which I found quite interesting actually, because I think when we see things, it's usually. Um, Benny, that's like, oh, when he's a crime scene, he, he always knows everything. What you know, he can kind of um, assess it very quickly. But this time, it was like handed over to Benny because obviously he said, well, like, he approached the car and he went, no, at the angle that was in, he was 
they were sat in the car. Yeah. So obviously it was Benny, that, uh, sorry, it Ray. was Ray that had... It was Ray, yeah. Yeah, and I just think we see so much of Samantha being absolutely spot on with his, um, uh, being the... I know he's not the... Do you know what I mean? Being so precise that it was... Uh, yeah, and picking up on little details, I think. Yeah, yeah. nice change. So I just cop in the background again. Look, we found a bundle in the tree, and you know everyone's yeah. scuppering over there to sort that out. Yeah. It just it felt real somehow. It did, but uh, one of the really interesting things is straight away Benny doesn't think could Victoria have done this. He doesn't think she's done this at the beginning. Um, I know that we kind of saw it happening, but that probably would have been my first thought because. That guy was after her, then he turns up dead. Do you think she? he didn't think she did it, or he was in denial? Uh, yeah, it could I think be. He's, he's trying to... He protests a little too much. I think he's trying to convince himself. Mm. However, though, you say that, she actually did say she did it. Yeah, she did it. Well, we, yeah. we've got a clip for that. Spoilers. Okay. Can I play the first clip? Yeah. Right, and I would say we've got three clips, uh, but they're long ones. So mm. we've decided to do less clips, but long ones, because... I'm not gonna lie. We just wanted to watch the action, and I, I think in some of the other episodes there's more clippable things, whereas this one is more. Mm. It's more long form, so it's harder to get clips from an episode like this. But um, here, having said that, here is the first of the clips, and this is a little clip we like to call Victoria's confession. And I would just say, uh, you may notice the clips sound a bit different, but not quite perfect. Previously, we've had a lot of background because I was recording from my iPad just aimed at the TV. We've got a bit of a better setup here, but it's still kind of a microphone pointed at the TV at the moment. Because due to my setup being still not quite there, I can either have my uh, my laptop plugged into the TV to record stuff, or I can have the DVD player plugged in. Or Blu-ray player. So at the moment's the Blu-ray player so we can watch the episode so I can record it off there. I'm going to get a new TV for in here eventually so we can record things of much better quality. But at least there's less background noise. So sorry if that was playing a bit quiet or there was a bit of a humming. I'll try and clear that up in the edit but hopefully it sounded okay and we are working on it guys. This, you know, now we've got our podcasting studio here. The Dottie Baker podcasting suite. It's just going to sound better and better but just, just bear with us. We're working on it still. Technology is growing. It is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a very tense scene. Mm. And 
I, I think it does show he's in denial. And she's just saying, like, for God's sake, what do I have to do to show that I did it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so now we know. We know that he knows, and he's going to stand by her. You know, he's going to try and get her through this, get her off the hook. He wants her to plead self-defence. She's obviously, you know, she's been through the system. She doesn't have much confidence in it. Um, and, and she's still playing on his guilt. Yeah. And and at this stage, you don't know. It's like, is she trying to play on his guilt? Is she just actually pissed off about mm. everything that's happened? What? Where is she coming from? Mm. It does keep you guessing this in both parts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you never know, kind of, where she, you know she's not, straight from the get-go, you know she's not white than white. You, you kind of get the feeling there is a side to her, certainly. There's definitely something real there between them at the same time, which is so nicely mm, played. Yeah. Yeah, and then after this, we kind of go to the scene where they're at the police station. And, and I think somebody was on the phone saying that, um, you know, because um, Benny goes to, he doesn't go to what, who does he go to? He doesn't go to Walsh, but he goes to, he's in front of somebody, isn't he? And he's, you know, saying, you know, Victoria, she's confessed to this murder, but it was self-defence. And then they were going to bring her in, but she doesn't turn up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. There's, oh, it's the attorney. The attorney's in there. They accept a deal for her to, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, basically the attorney Basically the attorney accepts a deal as long as she comes in before midnight and confesses. And Benny's still in belief. I think the way Ray's being quite quiet mm. is an indicator He's not going to say anything, but he certainly doesn't have too much positive he feels he can say at the stage Yeah, to comfort his friend either. He does say, though, you know, it's like, you said you were going to call? Yeah. I'm sure she's just on her way. Maybe she's just got nervous at home. She, she's coming in. Like He's still trying to be a good friend, but it's one of those things where it's like, other than saying that, there's not much more you can add, yeah. reassurance-wise. Yeah, so then we hear, you know, she hasn't turned up. They don't know where she is, and then they fingerprinted uh, Benny's flat. All they could find in there was Ray's fingerprints and Benny's fingerprints. None of Victoria's. Now, uh, Nicholas gets back to something you're waiting yeah. to hear about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I. Well, I, cue up. What was the thing that you were mentioning last time? About fingerprints. No. no. Oh. Washing up. Oh uh, yeah. She was why, cleaning the why sides. She was cleaning the sides before she was washing up. However. From the amount of things that she would have probably touched within that apartment in three days, to me, it would have been, she would have probably needed to go around and do a bit of a spring clean. Let's face it, you know, I you see on these detective programs that when they say people have covered up their thing, you always see them like really deep clean in the house to cover up every last thing. I mean, wouldn't he have gone, why is it my flat a good old clean? Well, he, she waited until he was in bed or when she was... He was but if you were in well, one not room around. with a bedroom or a bed, for instance, think about it. If you were if you were in bed and I was going around having a bed, you'd probably wake up and think, what's she doing in the middle of the night? 
I think it plays into him being blinded by her. I think it, it, he would usually be the one person who would be so picking up on the clues. This is the one time he doesn't. It's I, I think that's built into it. It's almost like, look, there were so many red herrings here. There's so many things which just didn't add up. No red herrings, but things that, that didn't yeah. add up. My thought was maybe she <laughs> go right out there here. Whereas, um, you know, people have their uh, fingertips distorted. You can't actually get a print. Burn off or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of thought that to me might be more plausible. <laughs> well, I'll throw a thought in there. Yeah. I'm only being silly. But all those candles, maybe she was covering her fingers with candle wax. Oh. That's what I would do. <laughs> And maybe they used it in the bedroom on Benny's bare Ooh. chest. <laughs> Sorry, just me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just you and Benny, is that, is that what you think about in the evening? Give me a minute. <laughs> mm, hello. <laughs> Give me a minute. I can't stand up. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine if it was just me and Benny. That would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're right there. <laughs> we'll leave you to your thoughts. We'll oh, yes. <laughs> Anyone remember the character Jarvis from uh, New Member Deal back in the day? Oh, I thought he was doing... Um... Oh, With my right. reputation. That one? No, he, yes, but he does... I thought you were doing Leslie Phillips. It, it, well, I think it was like... I think that was one of the yeah. uh, influences. New Member Deal did this yeah. character, this uh, comedy act from them. Originally from a show called The Mary Whites Experience, mm-hmm. they used to do this double act, and one of the characters they had was yeah. Jarvis, who was this very, very poshly spoken, quite perverted gentleman. He'd go, it's like, uh, imagine me on the streets with a rent boy. Hi, that would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's always suggesting this very creepy stuff. Didn't Paul Whitehouse do a very, very similar thing? Wait, well, he, he did. In the middle of the. Dorm at midnight, a girls' dorm. Oh, with my reputation, reputation yeah. that was it. If that was Paul Whitehouse, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. So yeah, it's anyway. That's by the bike. <laughs> Juice South guys, come on. <laughs> hey, this is you two, not me. Benny with the wax. <laughs> Anyways, so we're already getting a bit of a picture of Victoria here, aren't we? Oh, I'm so... getting a picture. <laughs> we're getting pictures yeah. of Benny, not Victoria, though. You want her out of the way, don't you, Victoria? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you can imagine, you know, he, he knows Victoria hasn't turned up. He knows that there's none of her fingerprints in her in his flat yet. She's been there for days. And then he has this amazing conversation with his dad. And so Actually, he... Before we get into the conversation with the dad, one thing I love about that as well is, if you think back on the episode, Pete, but there must have been loads of scenes where she met all these other well, I don't know. In that scene, it was just them. In that scene, it was only the person working there in that shop, which is now conveniently shut. In that scene, and none of the other characters. Well, Ray did. See she's it. Ray did, yeah. yeah. But Ray's the other person she's framed. Yeah. No one else saw her. Yeah. It's they'd heard about her. Yeah. No one else saw her, and it's you don't notice that once in the original mm. episode. Because why oh, would you? Yeah, because I think the other thing we didn't mention was the money turned up. The money from the robbery turned up, and now it's starting to look like Ray and Benny were involved. Yeah, because they basically she was putting money into Benny's pocket to pay back for groceries and stuff. Yeah, and then he gave some to Ray to, Ray to pay for the party food party and stuff. Food, yeah, 
So but they're fingerprints all over it. putting it back in for that reason. You'd think she was putting it back into the groceries, but actually, was she doing it? Was she framing so it? Yeah, she was, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, clearly, yeah. So, again, we thought it was one thing, but it was another, and I just like the way it's thrown us. And I think I we can writing. put something which happens later in here, because mm. it fits in this category. There's a bit later where the guy who was selling the soap on the street, yeah. and he, he gave him a 20, which that's just Benny totally in keeping the character being very generous, but... Anyone giving 20 for a bit of soap is hellishly suspicious. And it's perfect. Again, it's working with how that character would behave, though. It's nothing like not someone just going, it's like, oh, well, I don't have any change, have a 20, which would be out of character for a lot of other people. It works with Benny's character. It's so airtight, the plot. Yeah, yeah the, the scene with his dad. Yes, I think we've got a um, recording to play. Do you know? I think we Do might. We? <laughs> It's my secret recording of Inside Benny's Flat. <laughs> With your reputation. Uh, Benny's dad. Benny Stetson. He's not coming, so. Yeah, yeah. Not with you. I'm in love with her. Doesn't mean you know her. Did you know Mom? I mean, did you know who she really was? Or did you know what you wanted her to be? I knew who she was in her soul. That's what I love. Come on, Dad. You weren't around long enough to call her by name. You know, I've got almost no memory of you together. You were only six when she died. For God's sake. Don't tell me I didn't love your mother. I still do. I wrote it every damn day of my life. I know. I've read your journals. Write beautifully. No professional training. You want to know something? You never saw her. You never saw who, who she was. You never saw her when she was angry. You never saw her when she was frightened. You never saw her when she was brave or when she was petty. You never saw her. She was a good woman. She deserved better. No, she didn't. She deserved you. And I'm not going to make the same mistake. Victoria is in trouble now. She scares the hell out of me. I don't even know if I can help her, but I know that I need to be here. Now, Nicola, what have you got to say about that clip we've just listened to? Okay, well, I kind of think that was a, there was some good bits in that clip. Obviously, it was supposed to be very heartfelt. There was a bit of an argument between the two but of them. What specifics from the thing we just heard do you remember? Oh, okay. My, my favourite bit in that was favorite. when um, the, his father and... Nicola his... refused to put in a headphone <laughs> so she could hear the clip. I'm about to tell you, though, what I know. I didn't feel I needed to. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Go on. No, I was just going to say, I think it kind of starts off with um, his dad asking or asking Benny how much he really knows he sounds about so certain. It's great. Victoria. <laughs> and obviously it goes then into how much that his father knew his mother. Because yes. it was pointed out that the father was, I would say, working all the time. That he was never at home. Um, yeah, that, and his mother passed away when he was six. And that was... I'm um, oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, so I was just going to say, obviously, he then said, I wrote to her every day. And this is the bit where it's obviously very heartfelt. But there's this very <laughs> funny bit where he goes, oh, it's such great penmanship or something along those lines. Yeah. And he goes, and instead of sort of taking that as a sarcastic comic, he goes, 
Well, actually, yeah, it was. You know, it's great. Yeah, it's, it was okay. But I mean, no personal training. Yeah, but... you know. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. It was great penmanship. So I, that is, was one of my probably favourite little bits in there from. Okay. See, Michelle, what I love is she's now forensically explaining it beat for beat just to <laughs> prove you. <laughs> <can. laughs> and I love it. <laughs> it's just what I would do. <laughs> this medicine of my own doesn't taste so good. <laughs> oh, it's such a good scene, though, isn't it? It is. And yeah, that, that is a great example. Yeah. Of what I was talking about before. This is such a serious episode. They use the comedy sparingly. But when yeah. they do put in... Oh, it's just... I mean... It's perfect. <laughs> you, you know, I wrote a letters every day. It's like, oh, yeah, and you have beautiful penmanship. Well, no professional training. You know, it's, it's just a little moment. It doesn't take away. Yeah. It doesn't take the emotion go, away from the scene either. No. It's still very, very emotive. Yeah, and they have explored in previous episodes how basically he and his partner, Buck Frobisher, played mm-hmm. by Leslie Nelson, would be out on the job for months on end and he'd write to his mum every day and to begin with that's painted as what a man of honour he was but then it's explored a bit more of like not a great I mean, husband and dad enough, you know that's yeah. uh, and that's very much apropos of this episode in the first part Benny says you know his dad says you were doing your duty son you, you did what you had to do with regards to Victoria and Benny says Duty is a poor excuse for for betraying the woman you love, you know, essentially. I forget exactly how he words it. And that's the payoff to that's explored here. Mm. So his dad's basically saying, you, you can't trust it. Look, she set you up. This is exactly what I was trying to tell you before. And given that his dad... I mean, it's played with a bit whether or not his dad's really there or if he's just seeing something from his imagination. But it's essentially, if you look at it one way, it's him telling that to himself. That's Benny's yeah. inner struggle coming out. So it's, it's, it, there's so many layers to that that mm. I love. Yeah, I mean, he's coming across as being so in denial in this scene, isn't he? But you know that he must know. He must know, really. But he's really trying to kind of push that down and be there for her and, and believe in her. You know, it's hard for him to fight these feelings. I think he's in love. You don't want to believe the person you're in love with is capable of then setting you up like this. You know, he could go to jail. And uh, I I am jumping around a little bit, but there's a bit, a further scene with him and his dad. Ben just cries and it just... Oh, God, yeah. By then he's kind of accepted that he has been set up, but he's essentially saying, look, I need her to be innocent. I need this to have been real. Mm. And no matter how much... Benny goes through in the other episodes, you know, he never cries. Like, that's no. so far away yeah. from showing emotions in that way. Like, he's so heartfelt, but without showing emotion. Like, it's, yeah. it's a weird dichotomy the way they play him usually. But it works very nicely. But here, yeah, it's just his heart's on his sleeve. Yeah, there's so many emotions that are brought out of these characters that we haven't seen in, in the whole series. You know, him and Ray is... Yeah, it's been really good. Um, and we and plus, go- always nice to hear our friends in Canada using mum. Not mom. <laughs> mom yeah. Sorry, Americans. Just, just saying. It. <laughs> uh, you wanted to note as well that um, Elaine showed up. Yeah, we just yeah, like we Elaine. Just yeah, you just, just, just yeah. Elaine shows up twice in this yeah. episode and we love her. Um, and T-Dog. Yeah. T-Dog Craig. Uh, oh, yeah. Tony Craig. 
Uh, yeah, our team, G-South buddies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and then, oh, goodness, the ballistics come back on the bullet that they took from the tree, mm. and they matched it to the bullet that was, um, well, the gun that um, shot Dee from Baker. So then, oh, my God. The the tension in this room at that oh, moment, no. we're like... <gasps> and I think some words were said we may not repeat now. <laughs> yeah, we were all going to... No, we can call them bastards. Victoria. It's fine. We're on due south by southeast. We, we, were, we swear we were going to get a gun and shoot Victoria. <laughs> as soon as we knew she shot Stephen and, and the wonderful thing was, oh, I yeah. I remember the main beats of this story. But there's bits like that which I'd forgotten. Mm. Just little details and like the betrayal. It just furthers that betrayal. It's a confirmation that she shot Deep. Yeah. Which just, that's how you hurt Benny is by hurting Deep and hurting Ray. And she obviously picks up on the relationship between him and Ray. And that's why she uses him and uses, uses Deep and Baker mm. in that way. But even after he finds out that she shot his wolf, it's not like, right, that's it, I'm done with her. No, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That, but I think also that would just show how rose-tinted glasses he had on and how mm. he was in her. A web, so sort of deep. A web of sin. Yeah. But don't go in. Yeah. <laughs> Such it's a like cold finger. Da, da, da. Um, it's a little some cold finger. Uh, yeah, I know, but I hope it's fine. Um. <laughs> yeah, but I ignored what you were saying. Yeah, cheers, cheers love. <laughs> um, no, so it just shows you how sort of disillusioned you've Yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. And then, oh, you get, do get those wonderful scenes. I don't know if you made any notes about them, but the scenes where he goes to visit Deef. Oh, yeah, I don't think I did make any notes about Oh, I broke it. Like, and we you. were, not only were we very concerned for Deef, but we were looking around going, oh, speaking in the background, there's that dog, there's that dog. Yeah, but oh, look at that little doggy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're concerned Can we take for all them of all them? home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was one which was below Deef and Baker, which also looked like it had some blood on the bandage. Yeah. We were like, oh, Steve, okay. Oh, it's not even Deef. Oh, is that one okay? That was deep okay. The fact that it that dog was a lot skinnier. I know, I know. I don't it's know why. So much weight. Yeah. <laughs> He's off his food. Oh, now I'm even more worried. <laughs> it's like Dotty Baker being off her food. It's like no, <laughs> you know, uh, Dotty Baker's ill when she's not not eating. Ah, oh, yeah. So we uh, also had some scenes where Ray was being interrogated. Actually, so just quickly. I mean, this is how much Dottie Baker likes her food. She has been sick, physically sick, because her stomach isn't well. Looked at it, eating it straight back up. <laughs> That's how much she loves her food. So when she's not we eating... We need to know that. Yeah, we needed to know that. Oh, it's even better is when she was really ill. And the poops and the bombs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Detective. Ate up the poops <laughs> and <laughs> puked up the poops. She puked up the poops. No. Stop! We don't want to know this. Oh, D- Duddy Baker's walking out of the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> walking out in disgust. Oh, damn. Hand in front of her, poor in front of her eyes. <laughs> that was just, it's supposed to be just between us. <laughs> no, she's walking out going, it's like, I thought that was a nice moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so Ray was interrogated. <laughs> so obviously he's been using this money. Yeah, I'm just going to get straight back into it. <laughs> and the other thing she did was, no, go on. Uh, yeah, so he's in there on his own, and then Walsh comes in with um, an attorney. And Ray was like, do I need an attorney? And Walsh was just like, yes. Yeah. You know it's... No, no, it... did, did, did I ask for an attorney? Yes. Do I need an attorney? Yes. 
Yeah, you know this is serious. They're they're being framed here. I I love the way as well. It shows the whole station pulling together. Yeah, because they have their little disagreements. Mm. They have uh, again. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but there's a Walsh scene where you got Walsh, and oh no, we'll get there actually. But there's loads of scenes like you know where these little rivalries between Huey and Dewey and uh, Ray and Benny. They're usually there, and suddenly. Everyone in that station is fighting to clear their names yeah. and to do whatever they can. They've got to do their job. So at one stage, they've got to arrest them both or, you know, re- yeah, take them in for questioning, mm. which then leads to some other stuff. Uh, but they're trying their best to find every way they can to clear them. Yeah. And, and I, that's how I like to see it. It's like, yeah, they are going to hate on each other, but they're still a squad. Yeah, it's some very serious scenes some for Walsh. So normally it's kind of comedic scenes because it's Huey and Louie against Ray and Benny and he's in the middle trying to sort it all out. Walsh is usually the straight man, so they're just doing all this buffoonish stuff yeah. and they're saying this stuff which he then goes like... So yeah, uh, uh, the Mountie's out there signalling you what to say, isn't he? And he uh, yeah. <laughs> goes, um, so you were doing this case when you should have been doing that stack of cases on your desk. Did the Mountie have anything to do with this brain chance? As it happened, yes, he did. <laughs> it's stuff like that. So he, he cuts through the guff, basically, usually. Yeah. Uh, but to comedic effect. Yeah. Here, he he's just about the business. Mm. Yeah. And then we find out Victoria died two months ago. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I was just like, what? What is going on? So there was a car yeah. accident and Victoria died, apparently. Um, so the body, even though it was a 30 degree burns or 30% of the body. 90%. Was it 90%? No, was it 90? I don't remember. I just said no. There was a lot of burning, weren't there? Yeah. The, the body was, they said the body was cremated afterwards. Yeah, so afterwards. Just, oh yeah, that would be 100% then. <laughs> yeah, but it was cremated. I think the idea was the body was ID'd <laughs> in, for, after yeah. a car accident and then it was cremated. I think you guys have conflated that maybe. Possibly. I don't think she was burned in the car accident. I think she was identified. Oh, I they said she had burned. I thought they said. I thought they did as well. Okay. Because I thought they said that it was a very bad, which we, I kind of knew where that was going. Yeah. So I knew. As soon oh, as okay. Maybe I missed that then. But I'm definitely sure they said there was burns. I thought it was a bit more than that, but I think probably maybe it was a bit mm. less. But there was definitely a lot of burns there. I mean, Any, anyway, she died in the car accident and then it was cr- the body was cremated so they couldn't get the body go and There was the no body. dental yeah. records yeah. used because she was ID'd by the sister. Which Ray said, because we're going, what? And then Ray says, she identified her own body, ballsy. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. what she did. You know, she we, posed we as the sister and, yeah, identified the body. Which she must have had fake ID for. She so, like, she's have, gone yeah. to that, well, yeah, I suppose if you're going to go to the level of uh, faking your own death, then, but then she got fake ID. Now she's really crossed the line. Lock her away. <laughs> lock oh. her up. Lock her up. No, sorry. No. Oh, so then we have a lineup. Um, so we've got Benny in a lineup, and this is when the soap man comes in and identifies him because obviously he's been using this um, this money from the robbery. And the um, soap man's got the money, and he he walks in and IDs Benny. But it's not looking good for any of them, really, is it? Yeah, and the and soap then, man. And like I remember you saying that. The soap man. It's like, no, not you. Because <laughs> they point out all these places that they've um, been using all this money. And then Ray gets suspended. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the moment I was yeah. alluding to earlier. It's, uh, yeah, Walsh has to take his gun and his badge. Yeah. And they, they think that, I'm sorry, I've got to do this. And then they've got to arrest Benny because Benny goes in line up with, uh, it's uh, uh, Huey, I believe he's in line up next to. Yeah, I think he is. And then they uh, they have to arrest him. And he, well, they come in, they go, it's like, is this your gun? And he says, yes, straight away. It's like, and he gets, oh, I'm going to ask you if this is your gun. And if you want to have a detective or a yeah, lawyer present while we ask you that, that's fine. Basically, Walsh is saying, if you want to prolong this so you can try and prove your innocence, he goes, no, that won't be necessary. That's my gun. Because Benny can't lie about that kind mm. of thing. His honor would be on the line. He's playing everything, not only by the book, but to the degree whereby his honour, beyond what the book requires, requires yeah. more. And then uh, then he gets arrested and, could you cuff him, please? Or saying, could you cuff him? And uh, I think it's Huey or Jew says, yeah. oh, is that really necessary? Because he, he's being arrested for murder one. You've got to do it. Like it's just you could see how much they don't want to. So well acted. Yeah, because then you've got um, Benny's dad there, and his dad's just watching him being cuffed and taken away. Well, the beautiful moment mm. is he looks over to his dad, and uh, Detective Fury says, "I'm sorry," and he goes, "You're just doing your duty." And he looks at his dad when he's saying mm. that. And what I was saying is that. Again, that's the payoff to the comments about duty in the first episode, yeah. and even though you're in this one, Benny's starting to realise that his duty... You know, it's that question he's got between duty mm. and love, and in that moment, he's been like, love's let him down, and maybe he should have followed duty. And it's something back and forwards on throughout these two parts. Yeah. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah, so then... Uh, Walsh wants to kind of re-fingerprint the flat just to really double-check that he can't pick up a, a fingerprint from this Victoria. So you see his, his, you know, all, the, um, all these detectives back in the flat, kind of fingerprinting everywhere. I don't think they ever actually said if they found anything or not, did they? I don't, no. I'm sure they didn't. But yeah, they kind of showed them doing it, but never kind of spoke of it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Walsh says, did you check the, the flat thoroughly? Yes. Good. I'll go and do it again. Yeah. You know, they're, again, they're doing everything, everything possible. Yeah. And then doing it again because yeah. <laughs> that's what you do. And you see Benny and Ray going to all the places which they went to previously, or they know Victoria went to. Mm. And that's where you see the sign saying that the shops closed during a, due to death in due the family. Death, yeah. And it's she's covered herself so well. Yeah, because then we have the scene in the church where she's she's in the confession box in a in disguise. In disguise, yeah. And this guy, and we didn't know who the guy was, but he, he walks into the confession to speak to her, and he's talking about diamonds. So she's going to buy diamonds off of him. I'm guessing she can't use the money, so she's going to buy diamonds, and that'll be her. Yeah, I think we're, we're assuming sure, that's yeah, to exactly. get rid of the money because yeah. yeah. diamonds are a lot easier to spend without being traced. Yeah, and they are a girl's best friend. Indeed. And she says that she's going to send her, her partner. A, a partner. Yeah. Now, I was thinking, oh, so does that mean she's going to wear another disguise to try and throw them off a I bit? That. Yeah. yeah, but... Oh, she had other plans. Oh, she did. Are we ready to say the other plans? Yes. Or is there anything else in between? Yeah, but we can do. Well, I mean, her other plans were 
use Benny. Yeah. So we see her then. She phones up Benny and says that she's hidden some money in a safety. D- uh, yeah, like a, a locker at the, the airport, yeah. basically. Yeah. Or, no, the train station. Locker at the train mm. station. And score all the money in it. And if she does, or we load mo- the money in from the robbery. And there's a key hidden in Ray's place. And she's going to phone internal affairs if Benny doesn't go and do this, you know, go and get the diamonds for her. Mm. So Benny hangs up the phone. Frantically runs over to Ray's to ransack it, trying to find this stuff. And I was saying it looked like a dark version of Thunhouse. This program over in the UK, I'm sure there must be an American and Canadian and wherever else equivalent, where they'd raid this house uh, looking for these tokens. And so it was like his ball pit. And it looked like a big... What they look... Basically, that show they seemed to use to create the uh, player... Places you can go with kids. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. never used to have those. Not just play areas, but the ones where you can go in where there's slides and things to walk up and that's stuff. What they're called play areas. Oh, play areas. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I think of those like in parks, but that's what yeah, those no, things are called. It's, they're like yeah, swing parks is what we used to call them. But um, yeah, they are actually called play areas. Well, those seem to be based on this show because we didn't have anything like that at the time. But there was this thing, magic thing on TV where you could go through this, all these different rooms and stuff, these different obstacles. And it looked like he was doing that, like looking for the tokens, but he was looking for this key to the box. And looks everywhere, and you see him kind of giving up. And then in front of him, this snow globe, which he just passed, is in the front of the shop. And he looks forward at the snow globe, but it's not clear if he's seen the key or not. Mm. And then he continues to do what Victoria wanted him to do. Ah, but can I, sorry, can I just sat there? Go on. Because there was just a little bit there. Actually, when he looks at the snow globe, it's done at the same time as the phone starts ringing. Yes. So you actually don't know whether he goes up to look at the snow globe or it's in reaction to the phone started ringing. Oh, and that, by the I way... That a bit of a clever yeah. shot of theirs. Yeah. You couldn't be quite sure whether all the phone or I can see the key. Yeah. And the other thing I didn't say is uh, as soon as he put the phone down to her, she phones internal affairs when she yeah, said she does. she'll do oh. if, but she's doing she's it straight doing away. She's doing it anyway, yeah. And then she phones Ray's house. And basically says, yeah, right, so now you can do what I want. And he does do it. And, and, but you're not sure if he's seen the key or not, mm. what's happening. And we should say, actually, because yeah. we skipped ahead a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, Ray bailed um, Benny out of, out of um, prison. Yes. Did and you... Oh, lovely yeah. moment. And they've got this. Oh, do, do we have a clip of that, don't we? Oh, I thought we did. Um, we do? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Oh, we're skipping all over we the place. We're all over the place today. So here's our clip. We haven't done this for a while. I'll put together the bill. You should be able to give me out. You can't do that, Ray. Okay, the judge makes it clear your flight was put out of. You don't have that kind of money. You have to mortgage your house. You want to skip on it? No. You need nothing to worry about. Let me check that. You'll never see that money again. Pop, I'm warning you to stay out of this. I leave you my house. This is what you're doing. Don't you have things to do in hell or wherever you are? Purgatory. So I think you better watch me make stupid mistakes. I don't give you permission to use my whole day. Give it a rest, Pop. Can you consider the option, Captain? There's no need. Answer the same. You think it's gone down? No, this house has gone down with me. Well, let me tell you something. You can go to hell. And if you need directions, you can get them from the guy who's following me. 
and the guy who's following him, for anyone who doesn't know, his dad's dead. And where you get Benny so often reacting to his dad and seeing his dad and his dad being a role model to him and showing him how to be a man, even though Benny along the way sort of discovers stuff about his dad, which maybe kind of knocks the crown of his dad. It's the opposite with with Ray. He's a reaction against his dad. He's become a good man in spite of him because he was such a lousy dad and a lousy person. And uh, so whenever his dad appears, it's always given advice like, what are you doing, trusting this guy? And when he when Ray offers to put up the bounty, uh, the bounty, the uh, the bail, there's such a little glint in his eye when he goes, um, you going to skip, skip on me? No. Well, I've got nothing to worry about then. He gives us a little grin just for a second. Mm. So nice, so well acted. Sweet. It is. Great scene. I, I think I'm... Um... It would well. It would have been nice if Ray's dad was in it a little bit more. But I don't know if that would take away from the scenes when we do have him, though. Yeah, I mean, I I like the bit after that actually when um, Ray comes along and uh, I I do not know. I think it's maybe a lawyer or something, and she says take the deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. and he uh, sort of says no, and basically eventually says go to hell. Um. Well, uh, you mean like the clip that we just had. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> See, if you listen to the clip, you know that was Actually, in there. What, well, what I would have said was that was my favourite bit in the clip that we've just heard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're not getting me on that one. The previous one, you did well. That's just blarney. Uh, that's the beauty of editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who edits it, though. You're going to look very bad. Yeah. <laughs> there was something I wanted to mention... I feel like we're skipping all over the place here, so... Um, we're not doing too bad, we're sort of millennia. <laughs> so I think after um, Benny leaves Ray's house, I think it is, and he's driving away and this old woman stops the car and she's yes. like, can you help me? I've just been mugged or something like that, she says. And he stops and he's thinking for a minute and I'm thinking, of course he's what? going to. It's not even a minute, it's a beat. Yeah, and, and he's like, no. And he doesn't and he drives off. Sorry, ma'am. Yeah, sorry, no. ma'am. Uh, and that's the equivalent for Benny of running that old lady over, like for his moral code to do that. And he's going off to do this stuff yeah, this, for Victoria, like trade, get the yeah. diamonds. And as we find out, yeah, sorry, spoilers, uh, as if that isn't clear that you watch the episode before you hear this. He actually, uh, he had, he does have the key. He doesn't, he's choosing to do this to follow it through. To kind of test what she'll do, basically. Mm. That that's the only reason he could be doing this. And he turns down a cry for help to pursue to find out if she's in any way on the level, if she's in any way ever been sincere with him. Because it means so much to him. And he, he'll he'll turn his back on his job for that, which he never does. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're kind of adding in these little moments just really kind of show you know how conflicted he is and yeah so i'm liking this isn't benny i want benny back we all want our benny back (laughs) (laughs) so he does he goes to do this um this deal this trade with the money and the diamonds and i think there's a problem with the serial number on the money the guy's like well you think i wasn't going to check the serial number so then he's not willing to give all the diamonds i think he offers one doesn't he he yeah just one diamond and she's expecting the whole bag of diamonds. And uh, Benny just goes, nope, nope, sorry, I need them all. Flips the table in the face. Yeah, it's Action Benny, runs. which is always nice to hit, to see. Jumps out the window. 
And there's a little bit, I think it's around that time when Eternal Feds arrive at the house. Yeah. See the broken snow globe. So then it's definitely revealed to us. Yeah. That he did figure out what's happening. Yeah. And you cut to her at the airport and she's trying to use the key. Because you see this moment where it's between... Oh, no, she he hands over the diamonds first. Yeah, he gives her... Yeah. And she tries to get him to come with her. And he flat, flat says no. So she kisses her and then kicks him out of the car. She's got unusually straight hair in that scene. Yeah. We think that might be a continuity error. We said it could have been a wig, but it seems a bit odd that it's not very... If it was a wig, you'd think they make it clearly a wig. Well, it's just straightened hair. It was really strange because so, she's got very curly hair. I think they've done a pickup for that. Yeah. And she's gone on to do another job. She's straightened her hair. I think it's a continuity they, error, yeah, basically. I think so. Or something maybe they just couldn't work around because she did straighten her hair for another role or, you know, mm. whatever else. But anyway, that's, that's by the by. And then she, yeah, she kisses him and kicks her out the, him out of the car. Uh, and then, yeah, she goes to the airport. And just before she kicks him out of the car, he goes to put the diamonds in her bag and puts the key in with them. Mm. And I think he kind of wipes his hand he, on the cloth to remove fingerprints. It's certainly done in a way that he could have removed yeah. the fingerprints with the cloth. Anyway. Yeah, there's a bit of a slight hand thing going on. Yeah. Somewhere. So uh, when she gets there, she's trying to use the key to open up the safety deposit box next to it where she's got stuff which she needs. Like, a, I think, obviously, her bags are packed and all that. Yeah. And uh, the guy who's a janitor goes, Why well, now I see a problem. Look, this key's for this one. Next to it, opens that thing, moves the money, and she it all clicks for her. And he goes, hey, this is your briefcase. She goes, that's not mine. He goes, well, of course it is. It's a key that you had. You just got the wrong thing. Trying to be helpful. She pulls the gun. He drops it. It bursts open. The money goes everywhere. Um, but still, though, I was saying at that stage, it doesn't look great if anyone catches them at that stage because that's when Benny and Ray run in when yeah. she's gone for the train. And they're there with all the money. And they're yeah, they're they're putting the money back in the case, like getting everyone away from it who's trying to nick the money. Yeah. Which is a nice <laughs> touch of realism. And then so they're putting their hands on the money. Ray's just pulled a gun when he's suspended. Yep. Like if if they'd cut if the if Walsh should come in that moment, he'd have no choice but to arrest them. Mm. But lucky for us that that doesn't happen at that moment. No. Uh, Ray runs after her. Yeah, so she's about to get on the train and then she something happens with the bag of diamonds and they go everywhere. Uh, so she's losing everything really, isn't she? Um and, and her man. And her man, yeah, she yeah, she goes to get on the train and she's trying to get him to go with her. Well still. well she's trying to do first of all it's like uh she tries to get him to go with her with the diamonds. Yeah. Or tries to get him to take the blame at one stage I'm trying to remember like it's basically she's trying to corrupt him to be in with yeah. and when she realised she can't do that and the diamonds go everywhere she leaves them on the ground she jumps on the train and then she gives that last offer come with me yeah. and he's just standing there on the platform he's watching the, the train's pulling out she's just jumped on it as it's pulling out he stood there for oh it seems like forever oh. and it's so tense how'd that hit you Nicola? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, I, I mean, for him, it must have been a massive argument in his head to go or not to go. You know, angel on one shoulder, devil on the other sort mm. of thing, you know, do I, don't I. Um, you know, and you really think he's going to let her go. But again, right at the last sort of bit, he goes, and you're thinking, hang on, I wasn't expecting that. Again, it's just another great part of it, which, you know, you didn't expect. 
tension in it as well. Like, you know, just... God, you're insane if you've not watched this episode before Mm. us talking about it, but train's pulling out, he's running after it, and then they do this thing with the volume, so it's kind of like almost muted. And the musical way it's used in this whole episode is just a bit out of the ordinary. So you've only got one kind of... uh, it's not quite pop song, but you know what I mean, that kind of uh, song. Most of it's instrumental, and it's very kind of like... Uh, there's one which is like just piano called dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's quite dun. intense. It's, yeah. I thought you were going to go into Star Wars then. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Anyway, dun, dun, dun. dramatic moment. Come on. Oh. <laughs> so the volume's a bit muted, but you can hear like... Uh, I think it's slow-mo slightly. Or maybe that's just in my head. I'm remembering like that. We know we just watched it. But it's Ray's going, it's like, oh, she's getting, she's got a gun. Yeah, she hasn't. And he pulls gun out. I think it slows down a little bit, but anyway. Yeah. Do you know what? I actually thought I saw it, but I think they made it to look yeah, like she it could be. Put her hand actually, out, yeah. yeah. But I think they were trying to give the impression it was that rather than. That. That's useful yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah oh, sorry. <laughs> like gun it, motion like with gun her, fing- his fing- her it, fingers. Yeah, so she that. pulls her hand forward and. I think we believe he did think it's a gun. Yes. And then uh, at that moment, Benny catches up with her just as Ray shoots. Yeah. And there are... Oh, it's just this, this moment. Yeah, it's definitely in slow-mo because then it's he's just there. And again, it's another one of these moments which seems to last forever in a wonderfully dramatic way. And you just see his face just go from really serious to like kind of Almost like expression yeah, falls from his like face. Yeah. And he falls. And uh, Ray and Walsh come over to him. And he in his head sees it snowing. And his dad there. And it just sounds very. Mm. Mm. And that's where they cut the episode. Well, he's reciting a poem. And oh, yeah, there's one bit where she he goes, I've got to go with her. And Walsh asks Ray, yeah. what did he say? He said, get me to a hospital. Yeah. I love that snow though, and it kind of took me back to like the first um, episode where you see Victoria with all the snow, and yeah. then the snow globes, and and now there's the snow falling on on Benny, yeah, and representing the snow from when they first met. First met, yeah, it was beautiful, just wonderful. And then it just cuts. Hmm. Like that's the end of the episode. So yeah. you're left waiting till next week to find out what the fallout from all that is, mm. and that is the series finale, which we're going to be talking about. On our Christmas episode next week. Dun, dun, dun. It's not just you, Southwich, that dramatic clipping is. So, uh, any, anything more to say on this episode uh, before we do our orders of business? One last thing to say. Is I didn't... No think, time. Yeah. Anyway. Go on. Go yeah, on, Michelle. Um, yeah, so I didn't think he was going to I mean, I want to let you speak. I don't think anyone should talk over you. Nicola, if you're tempted to... Oh, very rude. Go on. But after seeing him run for the train... I mean, it wouldn't be funny if I did it again, would it? No one's laughing. No, I, don't, I definitely won't do it. Well, I'm laughing. He makes that decision to run to get onto the train and go with her. So he would have left his injured Diefenbaker to run away with the woman that shot him. Yeah. Oh, that's very true. I, I think he... Mm. Maybe he would have come to a sense on the train somehow. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, shall we do our, on a happy ending? our moments of the week? 
Yep, I still haven't made my mind up. This isn't good. Oh, well, so much. let's start with one which I think is going to be very difficult to pick mm. between them all. Okay. What's your deep and bacon moment of the <sighs> week? <sighs> which of the shots of him in the <laughs> <Yeah>. hospital <laughs> or the vets? Oh, you know what? I'm going to give it to the fact that I thought the dog underneath was... <laughs> so that dog underneath gets the deep so that's the first deep and baker scene. Yeah. There's two scenes of an identical okay. setting with him just... You know the bit where they show yeah. the dog underneath, which is really skinny? Yeah. Um, but actually, it's the same sort of colouring as deep and baker. I'm going to give it to him for a poor deep and baker look like. <laughs> so the deep okay. double... Yeah, I'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, we're all going to go for that dog. <laughs> also, let's say Stephen Baker's acting, you know, well, by Lincoln, I believe it yeah. was at this stage. His acting like he was in pain. He looked like he'd been shot. He looked like he was in pain. I mean, if there's a doggy equivalent to the Oscars, uh, it's a crime if he didn't get it. Yeah. So our most... Let's go with Canadian of the week first. Okay, most Canadian, most Canadian. Someone want to go before me so I can have a think? I can if you like. Go on. Throwing it out there a little bit. Um, I'm going for the polar bear. Now, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I mean, this was pretty obvious. <laughs> I mean, I think we all thought you were going to go polar bear. Yeah, see, I like to be the obvious. Um, basically, the reason why, and I'd like to first start, I don't believe in obviously animals being in captivity like that. Um, but obviously we're going back to a time when it was more... It was more Commonplace, now. 20 yeah, years ago. Now we've learned, and yeah, much of us. But um, there was a clip in it where they were dredging the pool, looking for, I believe it might have been a weapon or something like that. Do you remember the bit where he's got the pole in the yeah. pool? And when it comes up, the polar bear's got hold of it, and it's like he's helping. He's helping oh. us find it, and that for me... <laughs> It's why I've picked him as most Canadian. He okay. was helping and find the murder weapon. Pretty nicely Perfect. done. I like that. <laughs> there you go. And mine, uh, for kind of similar reasons, is the neighbour who comes to the door <laughs> to ask about his power tool, ask about it, and then when uh, Benny's clearly upset, he goes, oh, don't worry about that, don't worry about that. Look, I've got a call from you because he wants to help. It's like, I'm not worried about my power tool. You're clearly upset. I've got a call for you, which... Okay, I didn't mention to begin with, but I'm going to worry about your your feelings over my power tool. Mm. Very Canadian. Very yeah. very helpful. Very Canadian. Took the call for him. Um, I kind of want to go for... I don't, don't know if I've done this before, but I want to go for Ray. The, earlier on, when he's trying to... Uh, I, I, I really struggled. Um, I mean, this is the one time then. I... I, I don't know if you've done it before. You yeah, can have this one. Have. You can have this one. Um, you can have the you have Ray as the most Canadian once, and Benny as the most American once. Okay. So we'll give you this as your turn to do that. Okay. Accept that. You um, cannot <laughs> have each of them for their own country. Okay. Still got to be some rules. This isn't the Wild West here. All right. Sorry. Um. Yeah. For when. When he was trying to reassure Benny, oh, you know, maybe, maybe she's just running a bit late. Maybe she was a bit scared. And he, he was trying to reassure his friend when he really knew that this um, Victoria was a, a bad, a badden, a bad egg, a badden. I don't think that's the word, is it? A wrongen. A wrongen. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, a wrongen badden. He did so much. Apart from shooting him at the end, he did so much for Benny in, in this episode. with bailing him out and and trying to reassure him and. Even that he must have just wanted to say to him, you know, 
just how bad she is and but he knows his feelings some for Victoria and you know, I think he was very gentle with him very careful with him and very supportive and I just think he was my Canadian okay so most American of the week um America I'm gonna go for the diamond dealer diamond dealer diamond dealer because um yeah he just reminds me of like the American gangsters I've seen on TV before see my my thought for this one was oh I forgot my most American I had it a second ago it was oh, I've had one for oh Nicola you go for a second sorry okay so my most American was um, Victoria and the reason I went with Victoria in this one is because um, she she really had a vision of where she was going <laughs> you know whatever happened she was sticking with it you know and every time I thinking of the whole way it was planned out. I really thought at some point she was either going to hand herself in, give herself up to, um, you know, the authorities to save Benny, but at no point was she ever going to deviate from her plan. Strong woman. Regardless, I know it was a bad thing she did, but she she knew where she was going as a woman and that was that. So she's not my American of the week. Mine is Detective Lewis Gardino. I forgot for a second. But <laughs> the reason was, and this came to me, like, when this moment happens, like he's definitely my most American, because he's the guy who, again, it exemplifies what I was talking about about the squad. It's a very American ideal of the police squad and their community. I think, in a way, and I don't want to speak against British police or any other country's police. There's something about these squad mentality where they're like a, a family, or the way certainly is portrayed on TV. And so when there's all that bickering which they have normally between the different detectives, the sibling rivalry, if yeah, you will. Yeah, it's like siblings. Suddenly uh, the chips are against, chips are down and everything's against them and they band together. And he's the one who kind mm. of is saying, look, uh, Vecchio is a weasel, but he, he's a good, honest cop. It's like, you really think that? Yeah, he's a total weasel. And, it, <laughs> yeah, and even that moment, yeah. he's... Spares a moment to bust his balls even when he's defending him. And that is perfectly that American kind of sense of humor, sentiment, and uh, sense of family that they can oh. do. So there you go. Cool. Is there anything else we got? Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. How many polar bears out of <laughs> ten? Can I put in that you did ask us to do some sort of polar research? No, that's next week. Oh! Dun, dun, dun. Sorry. Spoiler, sweetie. <laughs> That's even the wrong podcast. Spoiler, sweetie. So, what's how many polar bears out of ten would you give this episode? Okay, I'll start. Um, nine. I'm ten. I'm going to go ten. Like I, I said last week, I gave it nine because I felt it was set up from this other episode's mm. payoff, and sort of like it becomes a ten overall. I know it's funny because mm. I've got nine and ten, but it's ten overall because as viewed as a two-hour movie basically it's perfect i i, I th there are other episodes of due south which i rate as highly but none i can think of which are better than this uh, and it was so well written i think it was brilliant yeah and look at that as a team to, as a writing team as well it's not a surprise that they yielded such a wonderful episode okay so we're good for this yeah, week good. yeah all good so please join us next week where we're going to be uh, celebrating some cr Canadian Christmas 
with the last episode of Series 1 of Due South. Last year we did a movie especially, you know, we did uh, Men With Brooms. Yeah. Two part of that. Uh, this year we thought we'd do, like, because it's the last episode of the series lined up so perfectly with Christmas, we'd do that as our, our Christmas episode. So the end of Series 1, we finally, we're finally getting yes. there, guys. But for now, I've been Detective Squee with me as always has been Dottie Baker and... Mountie Michelle. And civilian aid Nicola. Until next week, uh, guys, just if you'd like to just join me in a little uh, like fancy for a second. People had a compass, say, for instance. A bit lost and, you know, they want to point it somewhere to guide them home until next week. Where would you guys perchance say they should point it? Due south by southeast. Oh, that synchronicity is just getting better and better. <laughs> Join us next week for the thrilling conclusion of Series 1. Oh, Season 1. Yeah.